Welcome back. Welcome back. 24's podcast. Back on a, I was about to say Thursday night and then Saturday night, but no, it's Wednesday night. We're back to kind of discuss sports. Man, oh man. I, I was like, I was thinking about it today, right? I was thinking about this two week long break that I'm going to take in February. It's going to be right around midterms. Or not midterms, but it's going to be like right around like the start of like midterms and all that stuff. I was like, uh, like, I remember last year or the year before I was exhausted from podcasting. I podcasted almost every single day, seven, eight, nine podcasts a week, something like that. Like really, really putting in some, some work. And now it's just like, now it's just like, I'm just tired from, not from the podcast, but just from like. The last six months of just pure and utter dysfunction. It looks like things are starting to turn the corner a little bit, for me personally speaking, but at the exact same time, there's still a lot of work to be done, so to speak. And I talked about something, talked about something kind of personal about a potential legal situation that um, I don't want to talk about it too much. It's just um, really annoying the shit out of me right now, but yeah, like it, it it'll it'll be escalated. I'll just say that it'll be escalated. I can't say what it is, and it's kind of weird for me even to talk about it on the podcast. It's just something that it's just like when it fucking rains, it fucking pours, and I mean, I this like I got a legal document or my family got a legal document. That says some foolishness essentially happened like five years ago. And I don't know. It's just, and this was revealed essentially after my grandmother had passed and it died like a couple of weeks ago. And it's like all this, all this stuff just kind of comes crashing down. And again, when it rains and it pours, I'm not going to lie to you to just to tell you how personally bad things have been in my life. It's just like, I was like, should I take this semester off from school? Like I'm I'm being serious and I never I never thought I would like say that. I was like, should I just like take a semester off? Because for the last two weeks, I've felt so weak and drained. Like just it it's it was hard for me to like like it like everything that I wanted to do, I was like, I want to work out, I want to run, I da 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 I want to play video games and all that good stuff. Like it's all gotten flipped on its head where it's just like, yeah, I just want to sleep all day and watch TV. And that's kind of it. And it's just, ugh, man. It's just another challenge that I have to overcome once again. And it's just, I don't know. It was just like, should I just take this semester off? But it's just like, I'm a college dropout. But I don't know. It's like, there are legitimate reasons that I could take this semester off from college. Like, I could be like, yeah, you know, like, let me take this semester off. I've lost like family members and things of that nature over the last couple of years. But at the exact same time, it's just like, I I have like all these reasons to feel bad about myself and to not do it. But I feel like that's the reason why I should do it because I have like an infinite amount of reasons to not do it. I'm like, this is the perfect, this is, I'm very, (laughs) I'm very stubborn. I'm like, this is the perfect reason to go back to school, get your degree, get in and out. Yes. 
this is it. This is why you should like. That's that's why I'm so juiced up about it. But we're not juiced up about it. But I'm like, I don't know. I believe it's like you can create your own problems or solutions. You can create your own like energy, your mo your own momentum. You can't necessarily wait around for it to come. You have to kind of like just jump right in. And so I'm like, yeah, I gotta I gotta push forward. I was watching Modern Family. Modern Family is such a great fucking TV show. But the way that ABC did it at the end of the series, and also I got I got a DVD collection. It has I don't know how many discs of it, but it has a lot of discs. It has like 30, 40 discs in it, something like that. And the compression on it is terrible. Like it looks fucking garbage. It's terrible. But let me tell you something about Modern Family. Modern Family is one of the best sitcoms ever. And it's such a shame the way that it ended because it was such a slam fucking dunk of a TV show. I mean, it really was. It really is. I'm I'm fucking shocked that they fucking fumbled the bag so hard. This should be ABC's The Office or office. It really should be. And it kind of is, but at the exact same time it kind of isn't. And it's like it's just so annoying that it's not. But yeah. Fucking Modern Family. I remember there was this episode with Jay. Jay is like the grandfather. He's he's like a he's the old guy, right? Jay is um Jay is talking to his son, Mitchell, and Mitchell's like out of a job. He loves kind of not working so hard and things of that nature and relaxing. And it's pretty much in the exact same situation that I'm in, right? Where maybe not in the exact same situation, but a very similar situation. It's like Jay is Jay is trying to console his son, but his son is like, I like kind of taking a break and not grinding and things of that nature. And he says to Mitchell, Mitchell is his son. He says to Mitchell, he's like, look, Mitchell, the only way to kind of like get over this slump that you're in is by getting over it. The only way to like get back to work and to feel good about working is by like going back to work and working again and things of that nature. And I think that's like the process that I kind of have to go through. It's like, I gotta, I gotta fucking get back to work. And I kind of started to get back to work again. I like started to like, um, I started to like do some preparation for school and get some things in order and get some affairs in order and stuff like that. Take care of myself. And I don't know, maybe tomorrow I'll start working out again. And I don't know. It's just, I can't I'd, like, I got to move on kind of fucking sucks, but it's just like, it's not, uh, I, I don't know. It's just, I, I feel like the direction that I'm going in is just not positive. I feel like I can't, just be like, up, oh, um, let me just sit around and watch Modern Family all day and play video games. Even though that is very enjoyable and therapeutic, I, 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 I can't, I can't continue to do that. I got to do something else. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm mentally exhausted and I got to get some strength. The Beatles have helped. We have not played any music today because, or I won't play any music today because it's like, I'll just be playing the Beatles and it'll just be me sitting here silently. <clears throat> Listening to John Lennon and Paul, George, and Ringo, of course. It'll just be me listening to music and not really podcasting. But oh gosh, I gotta I gotta get back on that horse. I'm a I'm a cowboy. I've gotten knocked down. What what's that saying? 
get uh get knocked down or hold on knock down eight times get up nine something like that well yeah i'm an old cowboy i gotta get back on that motherfucking horse anyways we got a lot to talk about starting with maybe not starting with the draft but we'll have a lead into the draft russell wilson gets benched today or technically he got benched past tense. He got benched today in what was kind of an uneventful or unceremonious event. And then also Jair Alexander is getting suspended for a game, which I kind of don't understand. Aren't the Packers like still kind of almost in the playoffs? I mean, they're like seven and eight They're They are, like one or they're one game away from being a wild card team. It's I'm confused. I'm very confused on why the Panthers are like, nope, or not the Panthers, but the Packers are like, nope. Uh Jair, sit your ass down. We're going to um we're going to potentially risk a playoff appearance here because they go up against Minnesota this weekend. So anyways, I do want to talk about Lamar Jackson and kind of his status right now, it is a very interesting status because, and I I won't say that I'm the person that brought it up. I'm not the person that was smart enough to talk about it yesterday, but I will be smart enough to recognize that I should have talked about it yesterday today. Lamar has been a very interesting figure in professional football for the last six years. So he comes out of Louisville Heisman, one of the best quarterback prospects in the draft. And the consensus around the league is he should switch positions and be a wide receiver because he's mega athletic or running back. And he was told by apparently a Chargers scout that he should do wide receiver drills right and keep in mind this is the chargers who obviously do not make a lot of smart decisions and aren't a very intelligent organization it's just like gee you know oh my god i can't i can't believe like the chargers would do something so foolish but yes the chargers ask him hey can you try out for wide receiver he's like nah i'm I'm a quarterback and he has a right to and he was correct to do it. He drew goes, keep in mind, this is a draft with Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, all of them go ahead of Lamar and also Josh Allen as well. All of them go ahead of Lamar. And Lamar goes 32nd overall to Baltimore, Heisman Trophy winner, and in his second season in the league wins his first MVP. His fifth season, it looks like, fifth, fourth, Maybe sixth season. I don't know what season he's on. But this season, he may win his second. Pretty impressive career. By the way, it looks to go to the Super Bowl this year as well. Interesting kind of dynamic for Lamar. But I don't... I'm not really... Like, I. even though I think Lamar is great and I love Lamar, I think probably Dak Prescott should probably be the MVP. But that that's neither here nor there. What I think is interesting about Lamar, and J.J. Watt brought this up so eloquently on the Pat McAfee show, is the weird 
kind of like blackballing of Lamar Jackson to other teams when it was kind of known that he wanted to be traded. And the reason why I think it's weird is because there are so many teams now, not only with starters, but with backups that are playing currently that easily could have needed Lamar Jackson. And I was like, I was so weirded out. I, I don't know the list of teams. Let me Google the list of teams really fast because it was like teams had like literally came out. And if you don't remember what I'm talking about, here's what I'm talking about, right? So in March contract, contract, uh, negotiations with Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens break down. He is annoyed that he is not getting a long-term deal, a long-term contract. And he is asking for a trade. He's like, I want out of Baltimore. And when I heard that Lamar Jackson wanted a trade, I was like, there are probably 15 teams that probably should be interested. And the weird thing for me, I think even the Raiders came out and were like, we're not interested in getting Lamar Jackson. And I was like, how can you not be? And and I don't know the teams. Hold on. How teams? Let me just Google this. Teams that were out on. Okay, boom, I got him. <laughs> I got I got him. I got him. I got him. I got him. I think so. Um it's on Last Word Sports. I don't use this website at all. But Okay, I mean, I I can just roll with ESPN on apparently it's the UK, right? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, some of the teams, some of the teams are head scratching, to say the least. Like, some teams are just like, how, how are you not in on Lamar, to say the least? But, um, again, I like, I didn't come up with this. Other people talked about it. I'll play the J.J. Watt clip, and we'll kind of go from there in regards to that. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Sorry, I muted my computer audio. Um, but here he is. It's it's kind of going to jump right in into J.J. Watt talking about Lamar and things of that nature. Talk about quarterback sitting on the couch. He wasn't sitting on the couch, but he was available. Yeah. And Lamar, everybody this offseason mm-hmm. came out of their way to say, we don't want him. Nope, we're not interested. We don't want him. J.J. Your GM, if your GM said that, fire him. <laughs> J.J. J.J. What? I'm right here. Chris Ballard didn't say that, but, like, we certainly had question marks mm-hmm. at the quarterback position. And as we were covering it every single day, mm-hmm. we were covering Lamar mm-hmm. Watch every single day. We had the number four overall pick, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had some tasty – we had some potential tasty move makers. And if you get – this guy was Shane Steichen. Could you imagine? Oh, oh my God. Not that Munkin. Yeah. Like, they're doing a great job, sure. obviously. But, like, I'm the Indianapolis Colts fan here that's on a microphone – and knowing that this was a potential possibility, oh, you had to make a trade, you had to make a play, you would have had to do something. But it's like, Lamar got a deal done. He was representing himself. Allegedly, that was something that scared a lot of Well, can you get a deal done? Lamar's representing himself. He was like, he was able to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Ravens were able to. You can't. Is that, you're not able to do It's like, what in the That's hell? That's my problem with this. That's my problem with this. I'm not saying that somebody could have gotten a deal done. I'm not saying that. My problem with it is people coming out publicly saying oh, yeah. we're not interested. 
Like, I don't care. Yes, yes, you can try and fail. But to come out so publicly and say we are not interested in Lamar Jackson, Lamar, former MVP, currently playing like an MVP again, like, you are a moron if you're not at least sniffing around. Odds on favorite for the MVP right now. Still, after getting the biggest bank in NFL history. You know, it's like, um, I think it's because he doesn't have an agent. And I don't want to say that... They kind of start to speculate here about why teams didn't necessarily want to sign him, and I think that it was because you were going to offer him a lot of money. The thing about the NFL that I don't like is that they're the biggest show in sports, and really they're the biggest show on television, and so they really never have to take risks. Other leagues, other sports leagues, has to take risks, or they have to take risks. Basketball and the NBA, to garner up, Early season interest in the NBA. They had an in-season tournament last month. It was great. It was awesome. I watched it. I loved it. Teams were interested. LeBron was interested. I felt that it was awesome. I felt that it was great. Baseball with Shohei Otani, right? The deferred contract. Getting Yoshinobu Yamamoto to the Dodgers. Giving Shohei, not only, not only with the weird structure of his contract, the deferred payments, but also specifically the $700 million contract over, I think it was like 12 to 15 years. That's a lot of money. Dodgers are like, here you go. You have to take risks in other sports. The league really doesn't. Lamar's a risk in the sense of he is somebody that really hasn't been seen in football ever. Some people would compare him to Cam Newton, Michael Vick. I would say he's significantly better than both of them. He's a better runner and thrower than both of them. It's just that simple. Maybe he's not maybe a better runner. Like him and Michael Vick, we can say, eh, maybe they're tied. Maybe when it comes to running, I think he's a better runner than Cam. I think he protects himself better. I think he's faster, more athletic, and he's easily a better thrower than both of them. And he makes significantly better decisions than both of them, to be honest with you. On the field and also off the field. Which derailed both of their careers. And so you have this player who's like, I want a fully guaranteed contract. I would have given it to him. I said it. I was like, I feel like this is the way that you have to do business with certain guys like Lamar and Patrick Mahomes. If Patrick came out with and said, hey, look, I want... I want Essentially, his contract that he has now, right? Half a billion dollars with the Chiefs over the span of like 10 years. And he's like, I want it guaranteed. If the Chiefs push back on that, I would have been like, Chiefs, what are you doing? Look at your team right now. Your defense is in shambles. You have no wide receiving core. Your offensive line is a mess. You have no running game. Your coaching staff is a mess. The guy that's been kind of covering up all of that is Patrick Mahomes. And the guy that's kind of still covering that up is Patrick Mahomes. It's like you give him what he, what he wants. You kind of have to recognize, like, what was so interesting to me, when I, if I can hearken back to my time at Dollar General, my boss, the store manager, recognized the key contributors to the store. And she paid us, specifically me, handsomely. She gave me a reward. I come in, and within three months, I get the promotion that essentially makes me one of the top members on the staff and then on the flip side of that I also get paid like I'm the third I'm I'm the third highest person that's getting paid right now I mean I'm getting paid significantly more amount of money than the people that have been here for a year easily 
And then on top of that, for five years, I literally had somebody try and use me as leverage for a pay raise. I don't know if they got it. I hope they got it because they deserved it. But at the exact same time, they didn't deserve it because they, uh, they were lazy. The point is, right, my boss could see and understand contributions and then could parlay them into rewards. What I don't understand is why that simple philosophy doesn't translate to the NFL. If Lamar, and I've talked about this numerous times in Lamar Jackson's contract negotiations in his in his uh, situation with the Baltimore Ravens. I was like, Lamar is the reason why Baltimore went to the playoffs for the last three, four years, right? In some spans, I think they went to the playoffs like two, three years consecutively. If you take away Lamar Jackson, and if you hearken back to the Ray Lewis days when they won that Super Bowl, I think Baltimore only went to the playoffs like one time in the span of like, five to six years before Lamar Jackson. It's ridiculous how little success they had before Lamar. And then after Lamar, they're like a 11, 12 win team every single season that he fully starts. And they're going to the playoffs and they're one of the top seeds in the, uh, in the, in the, not in the NFC, but in the AFC this year, they're a huge Super Bowl contender. It's like them in Miami, Miami and the Baltimore Ravens are going to square off this weekend, but it's like, it's Miami, it's Baltimore. Those are the two top teams in the AFC. So we look at that data, we look at that analysis, Baltimore makes the smart decision. It looks to me, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I thought that it wasn't going to get done. I thought he was either going to have to play on the franchise tag or more likely than not get traded. But Baltimore recognizes their stupidity and they pay Lamar his money. But in the lead up to that, I heard team after team after team essentially just pull out of the Lamar Jackson negotiations and the Lamar Jackson deals. Those teams were the teams that outwardly said no were the commanders, the jets, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the 49ers and the lions. And then the Patriots and the saints as well. Those were the teams that had said no. And I think that's a, like nine teams. So that's about half the league. Or not half the league, excuse me, a third of the league. And then you, when you look at some of these teams, right? Like, I don't think the Panthers, I don't think their issue is quarterback. I think that their issue is, oh my God, they have a terribly constructed team. And I think something similar is going on with the Jets. And they also wanted Aaron Rodgers. So we'll just cross off those two teams off the list. But for example, the Commanders, right? With Sam Howell and J- uh, Jacoby Brissett now starting this weekend for the Commanders. I mean, they were so high on Sam Howell. They were so juiced up. He had beaten the Cowboys at the end of the season and all that good stuff. And then they're out on him with two weeks left to go in the regular season. They're completely and utterly uncompetitive. Ron Rivera, you, w- you want to know what was what's so interesting about this? Ron Rivera has completely lost the sauce. He's lost the plot. He's going to get fired at the end of the season. The ownership, the management is like, we respect what he's done over the last couple of seasons, dealing with Dan Snyder, I think, the horrendous owner for the, not the Carolina Panthers, but for the commanders for almost 20 years. We get it. He's essentially the fall guy for him, but he's also not a very good coach. We're going to fire him in the next couple of months. 
That's the reality of the situation. But we're going to let him play out the season because he deserves it. I think if you had brought home Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, I think if you had brought him home, you probably would have saved yourself another year if you're Ron Rivera. It's like you have Terry McLaurin, you have, as my keyboard runs out of battery, you have Terry McLaurin, you have Jahan Dotson, you have Logan Thomas, you don't have really a great offensive line and running game, but it's like good enough where it's like you can be like, okay, you know, we can maybe go out in free agency and we can maybe get an offensive lineman or maybe we can get lucky in the draft and all that good stuff. But you go from kind of being in this hopeless situation in the NFC East. And by the way, if I can look up the standings here, where's the commanders at? I mean, they almost beat, for example, the Eagles. They're, the commanders are 4-11, and 11, so they're just god-awful. But you almost beat the commanders twice. You're going up against the AFC East and, and the, uh, the NFC West. So it's like it's kind of like two questionable divisions, but you're also going up against like the Bears, which you lost 40 to 22, and Atlanta, which you did beat. But it just feel, and by the way, they lost to the Giants with Tommy DeVito. That was the DeVito game. But it just feels like the Giants are just in this weird spot that not the Giants, but the Commanders are in this weird spot where it's like a couple of moves, and Ron Rivera probably would have kept his job, one of them being going after Lamar. Instead, they're just like, eh, we'll pass. We'll pass. Atlanta, I just, I can't, I, this is why, to me, and I was shocked that Atlanta was out on Lamar. This move that Atlanta had made, or technically speaking, lack of a move, to me, should have been, like, this is the reason why Arthur Smith and the GM gets fired. The fact that they have so much quarterback insecurity with, Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, and they've had that since Matt Ryan, since really the um, like 2017, 2018, maybe 2018 is when they really started to have it with Matt Ryan. And now since he left, it's just like, holy Christ, you really need a quarterback. Like for them to not pursue Lamar when it's so obvious that they have the talent, they have the weapons, they have Bijan. They may not have had Bijan because they would have had to trade away their first round draft pick, but they have Kyle Pitts. They have who Lamar would have an awesome rapport with because he has an awesome rapport with Mark Andrews and Drake London. It's like you have some of the horses that you need. You're in a very interesting spot and you're in a bad division too. Like Lamar would easily be the best quarterback in that division. And I've thrown my hands up and I've complained about this division for years because this division doesn't have a top tier quarterback. The guy. Really, that was the top-tier guy for the last three, four years has been Drew Brees, or was Drew Brees. And then a little bit before that, it was Matt Ryan, and then like for one, maybe two years, it was Cam. And then it was Drew Brees again, right? Like, those were the kind of the killers of their division. Now it's like you have nobody, and Tom obviously played in it for, I think, three years as well. But there really isn't a powerful force at quarterback in the NFC South. And if you were Atlanta, I'd, I've been like, I've been throwing my hands up and complaining about this again for years. And I hate to repeat myself because I'm like, to me, it's so easy. If you're any one of these four teams, and if you get somebody who can dominate your division and play at an above average to good to great level, kind of like Baker Mayfield has, you're kind of running away with the division right now.
poorly constructed division with poorly managed franchise and teams married to a lack of great quarterback play within the four teams. And you got yourself a division that is ready and waiting for a leader at quarterback to take over the division. And I just, I didn't understand Atlanta's lack of just, of just movement on Lamar Jackson. I didn't understand it at all or lack of enthusiasm, I guess, because to me, it's like they're, they're seven and eight. Arthur Smith is about to be fired or at the very least he should be fired. I mean, you may not even need a winning record to win this division. Tampa Bay didn't last season. They won eight games. It's just weird to me that Atlanta wasn't in. I get Carolina. They're like, we're going after we're going after Bryce. And I think at that point they had already traded for the first overall pick. So it's like, eh, you know, you can go after Bryce. It's a hard read to make. But because you would have had to trade that pick and other picks as well, and they had already traded up, it, it would have it would have been a mess. I get it. But I don't understand why Atlanta didn't move why Tampa Bay didn't move, or why the Saints didn't move. In retaliation, especially towards Carolina getting Bryce Young. Because Bryce almost beat a team that he really shouldn't have beaten with dudes that he really should not have been been um, been playing with whatsoever. So I just, I don't understand Tampa Bay, or not Tampa Bay, I don't understand Atlanta just being like, nope. They were all in on Desmond Ritter and Taylor Heineke, and I was like, that's, that's a horrendous read by that team. Tampa Bay, of course, wasn't in on it. The Niners as well. I mean, okay, it, it looks like the Niners in Detroit, it kind of looks like it's working out for them. But, I mean, obviously with the Niners, I mean, by the Niners working out for them, it's like they're the one seed in the conference. Even though they lost, obviously, to Lamar this past weekend. But I'm like, okay, sure, fine. With those two teams, it's a bit of a wash. But the Patriots and the Saints not wanting Lamar just... That doesn't make any sense to me either. Especially when the clear problem for those two teams is that they don't have a quarterback. It's just like, wow, like you would, you literally would have had the solution to your problem. And if you... Remember what JJ said. JJ said, if your GM said that about Lamar, if they passed on Lamar Jackson, they should be fired. And I couldn't agree more. And some of these guys, the sad reality is they will be fired. That's kind of the reality. They will be fired hopefully in the next couple of weeks, man, because I'm just, I'm so annoyed with just bad GMs ruining and make ruining teams and making their teams completely and utterly uncompetitive. The NFC South is completely and utterly uncompetitive against the majority of the NFL because they just make bad decisions after bad decisions after bad decisions or bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And it's just it's just very very annoying to me that they can't do very basic, very simple things like I don't know Drafting good players, drafting well, signing and trading for great players. It's just, it's ridiculous to me how bad some of these teams are at making very basic decisions. Anyways.
talk about Lamar, not Lamar. Russell Wilson being benched. I don't know if I should talk about the whole Debo Samuel thing. If you don't know what happened, Debo Samuel got catfished by a bunch of teenagers over the last couple of hours. He got catfished by some teenagers pretending to be Cam Newton. I don't even know how they got his phone number, but they started to text him as Cam Newton or pretending to be Cam Newton, and it's just... Wow, it's just bad. But I don't know. I think that's it. As I'm just watching some of the fallout from that from as well as the Russell Wilson thing, but it's just Debo Sam, you know what? Micah Parsons has put out, has like responded to Debo and has gone back and forth and it doesn't look great from a Cowboy standpoint when your star player is like going after Debo Samuel, but it also, it's, it's just like, this was the catalyst back in October after they beat the Cowboys. This was kind of like the catalyst for the Niners to really start to struggle. I mean, they go up against the commanders this weekend, so I doubt that they struggle against them. But it's like, it's one of those things where I'm just like, history has a tendency of repeating itself. It's like, dude, this is like focusing way too hard on Dallas is what got you that three game losing streak. And I remember looking at this clip of him and Kay Adams talking about the Cowboys and Micah Parsons and things of that nature. And they were like, well, they just had a huge loss and da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, so did they. This is like before. The Monday game. I was like, you literally had a loss on Monday. Against the fucking Ravens. And it was horrible. As I'm like scrolling, trying to find it. Here it is. Here it is. Let me, uh, here, here's, here's the clip. I'll play it for you. Couple like... Ha ha ha, I told you so kind of emojis, I think. First of all, Cam Newton stopped texting my phone, bro. He was a fan like two weeks ago. Like, that's mad crazy. Like, you wanted me on your podcast after talking about my quarterback, which is... So, again, that's him referencing a bunch of teenagers that catfished him. Funny to me. But anyway... uh, They, like, tweeted in that... Not tweeted, but they, like, texted him in that weird Cam Newton font with all of the weird, like, symbols and stuff like that, that that makes it really, really hard to read it. But to read the the font, I don't know why he texts in that really just illegible font. But a- again, continuing forward. This is Michael Parsons' story. Like, bro, we beat you 24, I mean, 42 to like whatever the score may be. Like, like a long time ago, like, I don't, I don't get why he's so bothered about what we got going on over here, whatever the case may be. And I, I, don't, think, I, don't, uh, gronk, I don't, gronk. I don't understand. Like you saying, like you can be a quarterback in this offense. Like I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand what you where you going with that. Yeah, I don't know. They got a big game and an and awful loss. It doesn't make sense. But he's uh, he thinks he could. Cam Newton and it's also- like literally that preceded the Niners losing against the Baltimore Ravens on Monday Night Football. I still don't know the status of Trent Williams and Bryce. I think Bryce is okay. 
not Bryce, but um, Brock. God, man. Jesus Christ. Let me turn on my keyboard. Sorry about this. My keyboard. My new keyboard does not have the same battery life that my old keyboard had because it lights up and stuff like that. I love it. I love my new keyboard, but it's just like it runs out of battery way too quickly. What's his status right now? So, I think he was, like, limited. What was it? So, he was limited. He has a groin injury. Debo Sam, not Debo. Let me look up Brock. Debo, I don't think, is hurt. I don't know. There's nothing... There's nothing about Brock. Brock was taken out of the game. The, the reason why I'm talking about Brock Purdy is because Brock was taken out of the the Baltimore Ravens game early. And so I was wondering, And but it could have potentially be that it was just the game was just out of reach and out of hand and they were just trying to protect their quarterback, which obviously would have been fine. But I just, I was like, did they, was that the reason? It looks like it was. Okay. Anyways. <sighs> Let's talk about Russell Wilson. There's just so much... It's just so much fucking weird shit that's been going on in the last, like, 24 hours in regards of just, like, news and football drama, which I don't think I've ever really seen that much of. I've never really seen or heard of like a lot of football drama and like like players kind of going at it, you know what I mean? It's somewhat entertaining and somewhat also like sad to see, at least in my opinion. I like the fact, like I think way too many people take football way too seriously, in my opinion. Like way too many people are like, grr, I gotta be this and that, I gotta be a, a killer, I gotta disrespect this person and da-da-da-da-da. And it's like as somebody who likes combat sports a lot, what I'll see is a, like, a kind of a gentleman's agreement of, like, hey, I'm not going to be disrespectful, and I'm not going to, you know, try and antagonize you verbally, because we're professional fighters, we're prize fighters, we get paid a lot of money to fight people for a living, and so regardless of how I feel about you, or anything of that nature, we're going to go into the ring and we're going to fight. So there needs to, so there isn't a huge need for animosity before the fight. Sometimes with fighters, there is actual animosity, like, um, like somewhat with Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. There was like a little bit of, of, uh, of disdain there. Recently, it was Colby Covington versus I forgot his name. Hold on. Let me, oh my gosh, let me start up my computer again. I try not to watch Colby Covington fights because Colby Covington is just, it, he's he's a joke of a fighter. He really is. He's just overly hyped as a fighter, and I just, I can't, I can't watch him. Colby. Leon Edwards, right? And so Colby Covington, 
in a press conference with Leon Edwards, right? They, they usually have these press conferences where the fighters are sitting in like the same area and they have one fighter is on one table, another fighter is on another table. And they kind of, the media gets to ask the fighters questions. And they, to be honest with you, they kind of get to try and antagonize the fighters to get a, a more uh, interesting response from them. And so Colby Covington gets, who has this shtick and gimmick of he is a uh, Republican fighting non-Republicans and bringing glory back to America in a kind of bastardized version of what would be like an American, not an American, but like a American WWE wrestler. You know what I mean? Like if this was like a like a pro wrestler, it would be like a American version versus a Russian. You know, in this case, he kind of tried to be a just a Frankenstein monster mess of the American Dream, Cody Rhodes, or excuse me, uh, not American Dream, American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes. But Colby Covington is not a good person. He's not a good human being. Nobody likes him. Nobody likes the gimmick or the stick or really even cares about him being a Republican and American. And I remember he dressed up as George Washington, for example, for the press conference and like nobody cared. Everybody's tired of Colby. And he goes out. And he makes a comment about Leon Edwards' dad, who I think was murdered in the UK. I don't I don't really remember the reason why, but it affected Leon Edwards. You know, I, I don't know what his dad did, but there's like Colby made an allegation, a salacious allegation. I I didn't look into whether or not it was true to me. The allegation doesn't matter. Because whoever Leon Edwards' father was, it affect like he had an impact on Leon's life, positive or negative. I, that's, that's Leon's. That's up to Leon, right? Or that's Leon's business. You know, it's not my business. It's not Colby's business. But Leon's father was murdered. And it had affected him as a person. And Colby had made some horrendous comment about how, you know, he'll see his father in hell and all that stuff. And, uh, of course, that then incited a reaction from Leon Edwards and Leon, when they got off the stage, broke down crying because of how deeply that comment had affected him. Because, you know, he still loved his father and he cared for his father and things of that nature, even though he was murdered. And, of course, Leon Edwards beats the crap out of Colby Covington and Colby Covington makes excuses. But I present that example as a case of two fighters not liking each other and it kind of gets a little bit dirty. It gets a little bit nasty. Colby is, it, Colby got very, very dirty and disgusting with Leon. And for me, I don't really like that stuff. I loved Conor McGregor because he was an expert shit talker and he was a he was more of an entertainer as a fighter. He's an entertainer. The same thing goes with Floyd Mayweather, an entertainer. It all the way it harkens back to Muhammad Ali. People get the two confused. There's a difference in talking shit and being an entertainer. And Muhammad Ali, before anything, was an entertainer. The Ali Shuffle is one of the most infamous boxing moves of all time. There is no boxer on the planet that does it because it opens up you defensively. You have to drop your hands. It's not like you cover up your hands. You drop your hands and you shuffle your feet really fast. So you're kind of off balance and you're low. But Ali was such an entertainer, he could do that in the boxing ring. He could talk trash. He was 
He was fantastic. He's an entertainer. But... For some weird reason, people want to go an extra step and try and essentially try and attack people. And I just, I don't like that personally speaking as a fan and as an analyst and as a broadcaster. I think it's, I think, I think it can get really, really dark in some instances. And some people kind of want to go back to that stage and to that kind of like play. And I just, I don't know. It just... It brings out the worst in people, which is why I haven't been such a huge fan of this whole Cam Newton, Debo Samuel thing, this Micah Parsons versus Debo Samuel and Gronk, you know, and I don't like all of the shots that a lot of former players are firing off on current players. It's going, it's one of the th- reasons why it's like, I I haven't really, I, I, I like it when players and analysts correctly analyze players, but I just don't like when people call other people lazy in the sport. It's like, it, it just, it doesn't, it it never really, for me personally speaking, it never really, like, ends well, as far as I can tell. I don't know. <clears throat> But anyways, Cam Newton, Debo Samuel, weird, weird phenomena going on. Jair Alexander is like, and I'll, I'll get, I'll kind of do some house cleaning before I get to Russell Wilson being benched. We'll talk about the draft on Friday. Jair Alexander got benched recently. Like he get he gets benched this weekend because he went out to take the coin flip for the Green Bay Packers. He's from Charlotte, but he wasn't a captain, so he couldn't take it. I I, I wouldn't have cared if he took it regardless. I I don't know why I don't know why the Packers feel the need to go out and punish essentially their best player on defense because he went out and he took a coin flip. It's like, guys, it's not that serious. Like, can we, can we move on past this foolishness? And they've now suspended him for one game against checks notes, the Minnesota Vikings. So on Sunday night, by the way, in Minnesota. So in a place where Minnesota plays very well, loves to play in, for a spot potentially in this year's playoffs, you bench your star cornerback because he goes out and takes a coin flip. Now, some people will have this like high school response of, you know, like he did wrong by the team, da 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 da, and he almost cost the team. And I like, well, he didn't. That's the reality. And to be honest with you, Jair Alexander is a very, ver- not versatile, excuse me, but volatile personality. He's very volatile. He's very eruptive and chaotic. But you knew that going in. I mean, he was talking shit to Stefan Diggs when they were playing in Buffalo. He was like running down the tunnel or Stefan was running down the tunnel with Jair Alexander. It's one of his best qualities, his chaotic, disruptive nature. 
And so I'm not shocked that when he isn't nominated and named a team captain, he goes out and takes a coin flip in his hometown of Charlotte, North Carolina. You got to know the people that you're dealing with, you know? So this whole weird thing with Jair, to me, it's just ridiculous. It's like if Matt LaFleur and the Minnesota, not the Minnesota, excuse me, if the Green Bay Packers lose this weekend, it's completely and utterly not on Jair Alexander. I knew what Jair Alexander was before this game, and I'll know what he is after. He's a dog. But I'll blame this on Matt LaFleur and the brass for the Green Bay Packers. And it's just like, yeah, like this is the reason why you're not a serious team right now. Among other reasons. I was shocked to learn of it. I was like, who cares if he took a coin flip? It's like you guys have games to win. Your job could be on the line. Your house, your mortgage, bills could be paid. Players are going to get cut. You guys won this past weekend, barely against the Panthers. You're going up against Justin Jefferson and Jordan Addison this weekend. What do you think is going to happen? Jesus Christ. Unbelievable stuff from Green Bay. Sorry about that. Just ridiculous. I have some other stuff. I'll talk about this on another day. I'll talk about the draft on another day as well. I kind of want to hit and end with this Russell Wilson story slash, like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to describe it. But Russell Wilson, quarterback for the Denver Broncos, is benched by the Denver Broncos in what looks and appears to be the Denver Broncos unofficially, officially moving on from Russell Wilson. That's kind of what it looks like. And his cap hit, if they cut him, and I'll mention why that's important, because it's kind of been it's kind of been alluded to. Um I'm going to not kind of speculate on it. I will like 1000% speculate on this. But it has been alluded to that Russell Wilson not only will have his time done in Seattle, or not Seattle, excuse me, but Denver this season, but he will also be cut after this season by the Denver Broncos and kind of a shock to me I thought they would have tried to make it work it seems as if this is them trying to make it work they've exhausted every single resource they are done proverbially with Russell Wilson to the point where they will cut him after this season and they will owe him 85 million dollars to sit on the couch 85 Take a seat, Russ. Or technically not even take a seat. Just don't even come to the damn games anymore. We're done. We're over. We're never getting back together, as Taylor Swift would say. $85 million in dead money. That means they cannot spend that money on Russell Wilson. Or on on anything. They've just lost $85 million. Their cap savings, right? 
So, like, let's say, for example, if Russell Wilson had, like, I mean, not even let's say, but let's say, I mean, this is reality. Russell Wilson would have about $129,600,000 on his, or technically it's even more than that, $154,600,000 remaining on his contract. Just an egregious amount of money, right? And so there is some of that money that's guaranteed, and then that's some of that money that is not guaranteed. The money that is guaranteed is about $85 million. And then apparently they botched up his contract where even if, you know, even even the X amount of money that's still remaining on his contract, I don't even know how they, how they broke down his, I don't even know how his contract even works. It's so weird how his contract works. Like, there's still, even after they've cut him, they lose $85 million, $85 million in dead money, and then their cap savings are nothing. In fact, they lose money by cutting him. They lose $49 million because of the guaranteed money, I guess, that's embedded in the $85 million that's still available. It's it's very, very hard to like understand because I'm having a tr- I'm having trouble understanding it. But essentially it's just like they're gonna owe him a lot of money to not even show up to the facility. And sorry about that. I don't know what their plan is. I don't know if their plan long term is to go after a quarterback. They can't go after a quarterback. They traded away all their draft picks. I don't know if Sean Payton is a good enough quarterback. Or not quarterback, but head coach. He was terrible this year. He was terrible without Drew Brees. I don't know what his plan is. Denver is fed up with Russell. And Denver long-term could also be fed up with Sean Payton. I don't think Sean Payton gets a pass on how bad the Broncos are. And have been for the last year. Even with him at the helm. I felt that they've had some really good players. It just feels like the Denver Broncos are just static. They're not a very good organization. They're not a very good team. And they've just kind of decided, you know what, we're just going to wave the white flag and we're just going to make bad decision after bad decision. And I don't know if this is a bad decision or not. I feel like it kind of is. I mean, he's been there for two years. He's been god-awful. He's done some things that are just incorrect and that aren't becoming of like an MVP and uh, it you know what's also fascinating about this Russell Wilson thing? Russell Wilson, before his stint in Denver, to me, was a Hall of Famer. Like, unquestioned. Like, would carry Seattle. Everybody would think that it was Pete Carroll in Seattle. It wasn't Pete Carroll. It was Russ. And to see him go from perennial MVP candidate every single year. The only time that he lost in the wild card round in the playoffs was against the Cowboys in 2018. Like, I mean, he was kind of Lamar Jackson when it came to his playoff success before Lamar Jackson, except with a worse team and a worse organization. And to go from just this perennial guy, Super Bowl MVP or Super Bowl candidate, not Super Bowl candidate, but Super Bowl champion, almost a two-time guy, Super Bowl champion, to like see that, to see him go from that to like, holy Christ, he is one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL is just a shocker to me. It really is. I've never seen anything like it. Certified fresh Hall of Fame quarterback going to Denver. And I mean, now he's just 
now he's kind of just a guy. He's a jag. It's kind of sad to watch him play football. I mean, I've tried. I remember the days when I would go out of my way. I would sprint to the television to watch Russell Wilson play football. Now it's like I, I, you couldn't pay me to watch the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson play football. They're that bad. They are horrifying. But Denver will will essentially leave the season without Russell Wilson and they'll make plans here in the near future and I I, I really don't understand it. To be honest with you, I probably would have given him another season if I was Denver, but they're kind of uh they're moving on. It's like, eh, you know. It is what it is at this point. Another interesting tidbit of information to look at it from is like kind of where does he go next? Where does Russ go next at this point? There's not like a lot of teams that would want to move on to Russell Wilson after his stint in Denver, to be honest with you, which his stint in Denver was horrifying. It was terrible. I think some of the names that could essentially go after Russ are some of the names that I mentioned that really probably should have gone after Lamar. It probably should have been, and it should be, like the Commanders. That's kind of a team that still needs a quarterback if they're not going to go out and get one. Atlanta, they've won too many games to kind of be out of that sweepstakes. And other teams, it's just, there's not a lot of good options, at least in my opinion, for teams that Russell Wilson can go to. And I mean, I was thinking about it. I was like, he may have to be a backup quarterback, which is like insane. It really isn't. I don't know if he does, but it's just like, there's so many teams that are in this interesting spot where they have young talent at quarterback or they're trying to acquire young talent at quarterback. And they're like, well, I don't really want to get a aging veteran that on his last team was a just a huge issue for the Denver Broncos and apparently was like the root of the problem for that team. It's just, I, I don't know. It's a problem that's going to be solved here in like the next couple of weeks. That's for sure. We'll know what happens here. We'll see it. As I'm watching sports center at midnight, right? 1230. Interesting kind of narrative going out of Detroit. Detroit is a god-awful basketball team. Detroit seems to not be able to win any games. They're on like a 20-loss streak. They're god-awful. Fans are saying sell the team, sell the team. Cade Cunningham was supposed to come back and be this great savior for Detroit, and that's kind of not it. Detroit's a bad team. I don't really know how else to say it. They're obviously bad. They continue to be bad. Detroit, with the Pistons, I I just, Detroit is like, it has a lot of fans. It has a lot of passion in it when it comes to the sports. But it's just like, Detroit as a whole, when it comes to the actual organizations, is a bad sports town, is a bad sports team, in my opinion, or sports town, not sports team, 
like the Lions, I mean, they won and clinched their division this year, but for the most part, it's like they've been irrelevant for their entire history. The uh, the Red Wings, the the uh, the Pistons, like just everything about Detroit is just dysfunctional and bad. It's not a surprise to me that the Pistons are on this loss streak. But at the exact same time, it's just like, like, I don't know. Like, it feels like a lot of people are passionate about it. But at the exact same time, I'm kind of not, if I'm 100% honest with you. Because I'm like, isn't this who Detroit kind of is? I don't know. Anyways, I'll see you not on Thursday, but on Friday. We'll talk about the draft then. And we'll get into... We'll get into um, weekend picks. It's the Jets and the Browns. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Tomorrow. Amazon has got to figure out. Amazon is such an interesting network for broadcasting and for sports because now they have Thursday night football. It is so interesting to, like, look at Amazon because it's like Amazon has way more money than any of the networks combined. I mean, they're like half a trillion dollars or worth half a trillion dollars. They're, they easily could buy all of the networks that football is on and um, and turn them into like like uh, like unprofitable organizations if they wanted to and still be perfectly fine. But it is something. Hold on. Excuse me. It is something interesting about Amazon because I, like here's how I feel. About the um, about Amazon as a broadcasting network, I feel like Amazon has a lot of money, and they'll parlay. I mean, not even feel they do have a lot of money, but they'll parlay just being giga rich into getting the games that they want to get. They want games like the Cowboys game on their network, but instead they're being fed. Browns at Jets, or Jets at Browns, excuse me. They don't want that fucking shit show. They want better games, they want more competitive games, and they want, inevitably, playoff games. And this is kind of their way into the market. This is like their first main, like, just jump into professional sports. They want more. And to be honest with you, I think they're going to get more, but... I don't think that this is the way to go about it. I don't think that this, that going after Thursday night football is necessarily the way to get it. It's kind of like picking up the NFL scraps. Not kind of, it is. But, anyways. Excuse me. I'm peacing out for tonight. I'll see you Friday. 24th podcast.